Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So on today's episode, ladies, we have Nicole Mayer. She is an entrepreneur and business owner. And what I think you're going to really appreciate a ton from her is that she talks a lot about her path to building wealth and getting out of debt and how that's not quite honestly that easy. So we really go into her journey and we talk a lot about what mindset you need to have to, to move through those things. We also talk about uh, victimhood a lot and mm-hmm. how to move through being a victim it's and a how big sometimes thing. big thing and how it's very subtle sometimes uh, and we all can kind of take responsibility for. It. So I think you're going to get a lot uh, from this episode. Yeah. Nicole, she got hit a lot with different challenges, right? There was health issues, there was financial issues. And many of us would sometimes feel stuck in that situation. So during this episode, we're going to share strategies on how to stabilize that situation and really embrace abundance in a way of being that will allow you to build wealth for all generations to come. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everyone. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show, where our mission is to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life. And Andressa always likes to say, whatever balanced life means to you, because we know it's not perfect. We very well know it's not perfect. People get very (laughs) upset about the word balance. It's like a trigger. Like, I don't don't believe in balance. I don't care about it. It's not even possible to me. I was like, great. That's what it means to you. Great. Right. So let's go. (laughs) Andres and I love the word because clearly it's in our mission statement. (laughs) But it is all about creating the creating a a life of financial freedom on your own terms. And and you know, sometimes we're all in on different areas of our lives and it shifts and moves and gets crazy and gets peaceful. And that's what that's what our movement and our community is all about. And that's why we bring on amazing women to interview uh, once a week to kind of get into their secret sauce of what's working for their, their life. And what I'm so excited about having Nicole on here. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, by the way, and appreciate you being here on our show. Thanks for having me. What I, what I love about Nicole's story and, and her um, passion is it's, it's much bigger than real estate. And, and that's why we brought on Nicole is to really talk about living uh, your best life. We're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about some really great stuff today. So uh, we're going to get into Nicole's story in a moment. But we always like to do, for those joining us for the first time, we just want to get connected to all of you, share some sort of tip or suggestion or just something that's coming up in our lives. Because it's, if it's coming up for us, probably it's coming up for for, for many of the, the women that's li- that are on this journey with us and in, in our community and, and those are listening. So Andressa, you're on today. What What is happening and what wonderfulness do you have to share with us? Well, I want to share with with you guys today. This week, I had a, a very interesting call with one of the investor community members. We had a, a, a conversation. She is facing different challenges uh, within her her 
big project. Uh, she does student housing and it's a bigger project that she's working on um, with a project manager and contractors. And in the midst of COVID, it's just very challenging to move the project along. along. And she was very discouraged and um, questioning herself in the terms of, I don't know if I am, you know, cut to do this. If I, I, I even... I'm screwing things up. I'm failing right, right now. And then we shift the conversation to what tools do I need right now? And and that's what I want to share with you guys. Sometimes it's not a real estate tool that you need, right? She knows that part from A to Z. As she grows, she hires more people. And therefore, she needs new tools to her toolbox that are not related necessarily to real estate, more towards leadership, business, how to manage teams. So she felt that she was out of control because she was not doing it herself. So the my approach to her is you are in control as far as if you set the right expectations and you have measurements and, and tell people exactly, listen, weekly, this is what I expected. And then you can either put up the fires, but the goal is to really strategically plan ahead with your team. So that was my recommendation to her. And for all of you that are facing things right now, you're questioning yourself. I encourage you to take a moment, take a deep breath with me. <laughs> and then think about the tools that you need right now that you didn't have before in order for you to grow and scale. And that is what she is working on right now, changing the mindset. The major thing that I, I commanded her to do is to share and ask for help. Because once we are in the midst of our own minds and thoughts, we just go down the hill and there's no other way around it. If we don't share with people, get the support that we need and the tools that we need in order to grow our business. So. Keep moving. Yes, you are meant to do what you're doing. Yes, you're able, capable, and we're here to support you. Keep that love in that. mind. Don't forget. I love that. You know, and and, and I'm, I'm reading um, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown right now. Mm. And she called, and I never thought of this, but us sharing takes courage, you know, and and, and it's courageous to, to, to do that. And I never connected that all the time. I don't connect sharing what's coming up for me is a cur courageous thing, but it is right. And it takes courage and it, uh, it may not feel always comfortable. So I love that. I love that tip on Jessa and it's something to keep in mind always, right. Personally and professionally. So, uh, which is probably a great segue as we, as we introduce Nicole here and have her, um, share her story, share, share our story with her story with, with our community. So Nicole, we always like to kind of kick things off and I know you're an entrepreneur and you know, you, you dug yourself out uh, quite a bit of debt. And I know that you speak and, and share a lot of the, this wisdom with, with the work you're doing. So share with us a little bit about how you got into, you know, the work of kind of helping people in business, helping people, um, you know, with, with, with money and all those sort of things. Like what, what propelled all that? Tell us a little more about that for you and in our community. 
Yeah, I think it's going through all the challenges that I went through. So kind of a quick skinny on my challenges that I've overcome and have gotten me to where I am today and the want and desire to give back to others. Um, One is when I just graduated from college, I found out I had a tumor on my liver. Um, I was engaged, ready to be married. And here I'm having a tumor on my liver and they're saying, prepare for the worst. Mm -hmm. And it was um, a couple of years of lots of tests and going through through a ton of medical things and in the process, getting married, then I had a baby. Um, and then my ex-husband lost his job. I, I got divorced. Um, I had half my liver removed, the tumor mm. removed off my liver. And in the midst of all that, I had you know over $100,000 in student loan debt. I knew what I was passionate about, what I wanted to do, but kept questioning Andressa, just like you were talking. Like, am I on the right path? Questioning like, am I built to do this? Because I felt like everywhere I turned, I kept getting knocked down. And I loved helping people and I loved helping do planning for people and in the financial services world. But I'm like, am I cut out to do this? I just don't know. Because everywhere I turned, it was like, another punch, like, okay, then this is going to knock you down. And this is not going to knock you down. And um, I, the biggest thing is controlling the controllables. Um, and really, if I can teach others to control the controllables and not be a victim of your circumstances, listen, life sucks sometimes. And you get the raw end <laughs> of the sick and it is what it is. But one thing, and I look back and I'm like, I don't know how I did this, but in the midst of all of everything that was going on in my life, somehow I just kept running. I, every time I fell, I picked myself up and I kept running sometimes in the wrong direction. But at the end of the day, I was running in a direction other than where I was at. And it was getting me closer and closer to my goals and dreams. Um, and with going through all that and then running and building a very successful practice, I want to give back to others. I want people to know like, hey, listen, your life might suck right now. You have maybe drawn the short straw and nothing seems to go your way, but there is a way out and you can get to the other side. And the other side is you're going to appreciate it and be that much more grateful when you get there. Um, I didn't, I had support, emotional support, but I certainly didn't have financial support going through all this. I literally just had to, work hard and get through these really tough times. So I think I just have a desire now to give back and, you know, come up with a course that someone can go through so that they can figure out like, how am I going to live my best life? You know, we sometimes grow up as little girls or boys and say like, Oh, I'm going to live in, you know, a 5,000 square foot house. I'm going to have these cars on my driveway. I'm going to, you know, have 2.5 kids and a white picket fence. And when life doesn't give you that, and it doesn't turn out quite like that, it's really hard to reimagine and refocus and and make a vision of what your life can be or should be and and, kind of get over like that dream that we once had. And again, it's not bad, but it's kind of like that morning that you got to listen, life's not going the way you want it to, but you can reimagine something else. That's, that's wonderful. When I, when I read your, your bio and I saw the, the debt that you had, um, and a lot, a lot of people, right. We, we are thought to go to college, uh, get a good job, but the numbers don't make sense. They don't add up because we have a bunch of people graduating with so much student loan that, you know, takes a leg every single month and they, they, 
they're basically leaving to pay that. And, and God forbid, if they lose their, their job that they don't like, they're not passionate about what, yeah. what's going to happen. So it's just like a vicious cycle. I want to know from you, right? We have a lot of people listening to our podcast right now that do have the student loan and um, get discouraged because yeah. it's a lot at the same time, right? I really admire you going through so many different challenges that we're not talking about like, oh, I face an hour of traffic this morning. Right. <laughs> well, not talking about that, but very, very deeper, deeper challenges that affect you emotionally and financially in, in, as a whole. So for those folks that are going through it right now, what is the first steps or the first five steps that they need to take in order for them to even like breathe and be able to dream again and plan again? So my my student loan payment was more than some people's mortgages. It's $2,200 a month. You know, oh, that's more gosh. than a lot of people pay in their mortgage. So it was a lot. Um, and it was, you know, over 50% of my income when I first, way over 50% of my income when I first graduated. Um, here's the thing. And I think a lot, and I talked to a lot of kids graduating college and before they're going in, or if you have kids that are thinking about college, the biggest thing about going into college, and this is goes for any investment you make, there's a return on your investment. So some people think I have to go to the most expensive school, or I really, really like this private school, or even some public universities here in Chicago, some of the public universities are more expensive than private. You have to think about what career choice you're going into and is the debt worth it? And can you make that money to pay that debt afterwards? And, you know, I wish I would have known a little bit more going in because what's really important in college is the network you make because that's what gets you the job. That's what gets you the connections to work in the career you want. And you know what? You can make that at any college. It doesn't have to be, you know, unless you're going into some major specialty, it doesn't have to be anywhere special to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think for, as far as paying off the debt, I never thought of myself as too good to do anything to work extra. So here I started out in the financial world. I got my first job. I side hustled like no other, you know, was I working 90 hours a week? Yeah, I was. Did it suck? Absolutely. But I never thought of myself as too good to be doing that, to get me to another place. And you know what? It made me appreciate the ride up so much more. And I always think to myself now, and I think um, I talk to a lot of successful entrepreneurs that you know will never have to worry about money again, never. And one thing we all have in common is we always think like, I always have empathy and put myself in anybody else's service position or you know whether it's your Uber driver, the waitress at a restaurant. I never think of myself as too good because I'm like, what if, what if everything came crashing down again? I mean, I've had so many things like, you know, God willing, it doesn't, but and I think I'm in a better place. But who knows? Like, I'm not too good enough to do that job. Like, I would do whatever I needed to do for my family and to get us to where we are. So that's number one. Number two is, you know, we're sold this dream in college that, um, you know, that you're going to graduate. You're going to, and we're sold this whole dream our whole life. You're going to buy a house. You're going to get to vacation. You have these kids, and no one tells you about like all the other stuff that comes up. You know that your health insurance is going to cost an arm and a leg every month that, you know, to get into a house, to buy a house is going to take so much. And so then you have this college debt. And so some of it seems so impossible when you graduate. And I say, 
really analyze your lifestyle. Like it's uh, definitely one of those, there's trade-offs. So I always look at a trade-off situation and say, listen, yeah, I want, you know, I used to dream that I wanted the 4,500, 5,000 square foot house. And I want, you know, four car garage and out of this. And, and I grew up around that. And then I like started to think and I, and I did a, I've done a ton of traveling. Um, and it's like, mm, actually what I value is so much different than that. I value my freedom. I value traveling. I value, so my, you know, 1900 square foot ranch that I live in that could be paid off in an instant. Um, that's totally been gutted and redone. And I love it is perfect for me and my son. I don't need that because the trade-off of having something bigger while I can afford it is that, you know what? I wouldn't maybe be able to go and take my son and his friend to Europe if we wanted to go or, you know, think twice on when I go on vacation. Traveling is something that's important to me. So I always start to say, start to list your values. What's important to you and what are the trade-offs? If what's important to you is, hey, I want to own a home one day. All right. Well then like, let's think about it when you first graduate and your choice is to live at home with your parents and bank a bunch of money and pay off your student loans or go live in, you know, around here, it's really popular to go live in downtown Chicago. Um, listen, make the sacrifice now. If it, if that other, if owning a, your own place is really important and you're not going to have any financial assistance from anyone else, go take the sacrifice, live at home, bank some money. You can have fun with friends on the weekend, but those are the things. And I think no matter where you are and what stage of life you are, not if you don't have to be a recent graduate, you could have been 10 years ago and you still have debt. There's no reason you can't think about your values. What's important to you now? And what are you willing to, what's the trade-off? And I think when people start to put it in trade-off instead of saying, Hey, I have to give up or I can't have this, or I have to give up this instead of saying, you know what? I'd rather have this than that. And they start thinking in trade-offs versus I can't have that. It's so negative. Like I can't have that. No, I can't have that, but I can do, I can do this instead. And that is really positive. Um, So those are some tips I would say, no matter where you are in your journey, it doesn't have to be student loan debt. You may have debt from whatever. Um, But again, start thinking about your values and there's so many opportunities for side hustle to make extra money to get that down, if you're willing to do it, you can choose, be a victim of your circumstances or get past it, not be a victim and get on the other side. And I guarantee you'll be much happier on the other side if you're willing to hustle. Well, there's so many different things I want to say right now, (laughs) four four different ways I can take this conversation, (laughs) but because I love so many different pieces of it as I'm writing things down, I'm like, I can't say four things. So I'll just say one thing, but I want to just quickly say that Andressa um, beautifully always says, when you are a victim, you give away all your power. Mm-hmm. And that's very, very, very important. To, I mean, sometimes it just feels good to complain, and bitch, yes. to be honest, you know, and you get in your little, pee, your little, you know, sad party and you just, me, 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 and, you know, and then you move through it and you're like, this is not going to get me anywhere. I'm being a victim. Yep. I use that word all the time with my son and daughter. And he, I have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. I'm like, if they don't learn anything else, they're going to learn about being a victim and accountability. You know, and hopefully they're going to yes. get a lot more love and that kind of thing. But <laughs> yes. we don't talk enough in this society about being a victim because <laughs> just turn the news on. Everyone's a victim. Yes. <laughs> and honestly, that's a whole podcast episode in and of itself. But I, <laughs> I love what you're saying there. I Where I also wanted to just kind of reiterate is the women listening are either starting out in investing or they're growing their portfolio or, you know, they're active, they're passive. It, there's so many different women that are part of our community and that are, are, are creating the life they want 
and it's evolving all the time. And what I want to say, though, is that the values exercise is such a powerful exercise to do on a yearly basis. Uh, and this, this is for women who are financially free. These, this is for women who are literally just starting out in their investing career. Because, And people often ask, like, oh, my values are just my values. I've had them all my life. But sometimes we have to look at how we are spending our time and how we're spending yes. our money. And it's very clear what you value today. Yeah. Um, you know, I will, <clears throat> I went to a consignment store this week with back to school time and, um, I got four pairs of shoes for my kids for $40. And I'm very, very proud of that because they're used, but I'm like, you know what? Rain boots, sneakers. I mean, people get grossed out, but I don't really care. I'm like, they're, they're brand new Nike sneakers, yeah. literally for yeah. $10. I'm not going to. So now first pair of sneakers I got my son because that's important. But the second pair is going to be used. My okay. point in saying that we bought new kayaks, right? So I really mm-hmm. want to spend my time and energy. We live on the river. Literally, we live yeah. on the river, right? So so my point in saying that is we we all, and I said, my, my son goes, why are we buying used shoes? Seems a little weird. I'm like, no, it's actually not. It's on our way to Target. This is a great place. They have great shoes. Mm-hmm. You're going you're gonna to go out of your cleats next year, Zach. I'm not spending $40 on a new pair of cleats for you. No, nope, you're right. going to get these. And they look new. No one knows unless you yeah. want to tell people. And I'm proud of telling people I, I shop at consignment. Right. I love spending money at a consignment store. My point in saying that is you have to know what you value and how you spend your money. I didn't chintz on the kayaks and we got nice kayaks. And it's not an either or, but I think so many times people want to buy that next rental. They want to go all in, but they don't even think about their own lives and how they're actually spending their money. Because how yeah. they're spending their money personally is how they're going to spend their money in their business. Absolutely. And there's times to be be really cautious and there's times to spend. So again, I just, I love that point. And I think it was Chelsea on Joseph who we've interviewed recently uh, or I'm not sure who it is because I get confused because we've interviewed a lot of people, but I think it was Chelsea. Well, we are, we are reaching the I know. hundreds. And right? I tend to remember, but she said something. She goes, look at your credit card statement and look circle. at how you're spending your money and circle things that bring you joy and cross the things out that are no longer serving you. And what, talk about a great exercise, right? Literally take your credit card. I did out. that. Did you? I did. I did that. I, I got my, my credit card statement and I looked at the places where I was like, oh, I went to this restaurant here and I really enjoy it. That is a happy face right there. And others that I was like, I don't even remember. <laughs> to me, I value time and experience, right? So I was like, uh, no, I wouldn't do it again. So I, I crossed that out, but, but I did, I, I did that exercise. I forgot to share. With you. <laughs> I, love I think that. you make a great point about the values. They do change over time. And you know, the, what you value when you have a four and seven year old is going to be different. What you value when they're, you know, 19 and 21, right. um, cause you're what you want your time and your focus to be on. So I do believe like the value exercise. And I will say, the vision exercise is huge. So on my online course, we have a vision exercise, but I, you can do it the vision exercise in two ways. And one is I've written it and I do this every year and I, they've gone to every other year for my vision, but literally what I want my life to look like from the time I wake up in the morning, like what my day is structured, like, what am I doing? What check gets deposited in my account every other Friday? everything from the car I'm driving, the house I'm living in. Do I sit and have dinner with my kids at the dining room table? Like it's literally written out everything from the vision. And then the other big exercise is writing your eulogy. Like how do you want to be remembered? Because if you're not doing that on a daily basis, 
you're not going to be remembered that way. Mm. So like, what are you doing on a daily basis? And you'll realize like, okay, the money is all, the finances are all tied to that, like depending on how you want to be remembered. So does this really fulfill like how I want to be perceived and remembered? It's so funny because on our investor membership, we have a a core training for all the the levels. And one of the, we have a few exercises, but we get a lot of feedback with, uh, People say, I just went through this uh, exercise where she asked me to close and think about, you know, me not passing away, right? Like after mm-hmm. it and everything else. Like that was very emotional, but I really got connected to it. I was like, that's part of the foundation of your business is necessary. I remember years ago when I did for the first time, it was like bawling. Right, because I I imagine my son reading it, uh, you know, this, his speech, what he would say about me, what I would like him to say about me, right? And and I still have it now. I know exactly uh, what was it, but it was very very powerful. I want to circle back with the 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 victim mentality because sometimes or many times we blame not having the money. And that's why I don't do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. I went to Washington, um, D.C. recently to um, EXP conference. And I had a very lovely conversation with an Uber driver. Wonderful, wonderful conversation. He was from overseas and he had 10 kids, all graduated. He was saying, oh, this kid is a doctor. The other kid's an engineer. The other kid does this, that, that. And then I was like, wow. And he's like, and I also drive a school bus. I was like, well, so so you really like driving, don't you? And he's like, not really. I was like, "Mm, all right, let's go. Now it's time for us to have a conversation. (laughs) I was like, oh, so... If you were to choose, if you had the opportunity to choose, what would you do? He's like, IT. I really love IT. Everything about IT, I love it. One of my sons is a is an IT guy and I really love talking to him. And in my head, I was like, you do have the choice. You do. We all do have a choice. If you think that's not your choice, you're right. That's why the mindset needs to change. And I was like, how about if money was not an issue, what would you do? He's like, oh, hands down, I'll stop driving today and go work on IT. So when I read your bio, you said, money, it's not your problem. And Mm -hmm. I was like, let's talk about that. So I want to bring this up right now for all the, the listeners that have different relationships, right? With, with money and they say, I cannot start investing. I cannot grow my business. I cannot hire. I can, whatever you name it, because of money. Where did they start this process of reframing their relationship with money? Well, first off, if you go with the mindset, you always um, have time and money for what you want. So if you... <laughs> And I see it, I have so many examples of it and you see it. And I think if you just say that to yourself, I always have time and money for what I want. Um, And you see it examples in other people and friends and family, you know, oh, can't do that. Or we, you know, don't have time for this. No, it's just not important to you. 
So I say, this goes back to the same thing. What do you value? What's important to you? And you obviously don't know what's important to you um, because you will make time or you will make the money or you will earmark money towards it. Now, it's not always easy. It's easy for me to say that, but it takes work. So what kind of work does it take? Listen, we all have the latte factor in our lives. And I call that the $5, $10 that we spend at like, whether it's Starbucks or wherever, Dunkin' Donuts, or you're spending it on stuff that you really don't need if you want to put it towards other things. Or you go to the grocery store and you just buy what you need. You don't look at prices. You know, it's like there are places in your life that you can find dollars and save money. Uh, 100%. There hasn't been a person I've ever met that that has not rung true. Um, it's the work that you got to put into it though, to find the dollars. So there's work. And if you're not willing to work for it, then it's really not that important to you. So that's where I say it's it's important to you. If it's important to you, you always have the time and money. So start reframing that in your own head is where you start. And again, I I eat my own cooking. So these are things I'm not telling you that I haven't done myself. You know, and it's easier to say, like, oh, I just don't have the money. That is victim mentality. Get over it. You do. You're gonna find it. You're either going to Again, whether it's because you want to invest in whatever it may be, there's time and money. I wanna, I wanna share with you. I heard this another day. I don't ask me where books or I listen four, four or five audiobooks that you listen to simultaneously. I don't know. Somewhere <laughs> I got that information and it stuck with me. Right, because the person was saying. Think about a drug addict, right? Have you ever heard a drug addict saying, oh boy, today I don't have money. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get high today. Never, ever. Hmm. The drug addict will do anything, anything to get that dollar, that $5, yeah. don't know how much things cost, but whatever that money is, he or she would do anything. So I compare myself and I said, I would never say that I don't have it because I'm not going to lose, quote unquote, to a drug addict that he or she has such a determination mm. to get that money, to, to fulfill their unfortunate, you know, mm -hmm. uh, circumstance. But if we translate that, right, the same determination. That's what I want to, I'm focusing on right now. The determination to get what we want in life with the same level. We're just, you know, unstoppable, honestly. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. following that, what, what do you think Nicole holds people? Because people might say, I know that. Oh, I heard of that. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they still don't move. What do you think is holding people back? So I got to be honest. I think we live in a world today where you're scrolling through Instagram, you're scrolling through Facebook and you see the picture perfect life or thing someone's attained or whatever. And you don't see the blood, sweat and tears that someone put into it. And 
I think we're in this, we want instant gratification and we're not willing to put in the hard work. And that's what it comes down to. And I'm telling you here today, I think I've had people make comments to me like, oh, it must be nice to go on vacation. I'm thinking, oh, well, you know what? I had 12, 13 years where I didn't vacation. I didn't do anything. And I, you know, my son was first born. I didn't know how I was going to have money to put diapers on him or feed him because paying student loan, doing, going through divorce, like all this stuff. So, you know, to me, it always rubs me the wrong way because I'm thinking, oh, you have no idea what, you know, 90 hours a week, my own kids in being babysat by someone while I'm working and doing other things. So I think if you get over yourself and be like, listen, I don't care what anyone else is doing. This is what is important to me. And this is what I want. And I'm willing to put in the hustle, the grind to get there. Great. There is no instant. Talk to any entrepreneur. There might have been luck. They were in the right place at the right right time, but they were doing the right things. They were working hard. They maybe didn't see all the years of failures ahead before they hit that the lucky button and, and became a successful or started things started to hit. So I say hard work and we want instant gratification. And I got news for you, just like a diet. You know, listen, it's really easy to put on 20 pounds. It is really hard to take it off and it doesn't happen overnight. And you got to put in the hard work. And the same thing with your life and being financially free and being and hitting your goals. You got to put in the work and it's not instant. Yeah, I love that. The I think a lot of women that we've talked to you know, they, they do get themselves, they are, in, you know, they can be in debt, various reasons mm-hmm. for that, but they, they have that going on. And then they have this other coin of um, wealth building and wanting wealth building and, and the financial freedom. And, and it's a continuum, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you very clearly stated, uh, you know, in, in some of our prep together that you dug yourself out of this debt and you built wealth at the same time. So again, a lot of women would say, well, don't you have to do one before you do the other? So I'm curious to get a little more specific from you of like how, how you did that. And, and, you know, how did you specifically do that while, because two, you know, the two different strategies and they're two different kind of elements. And I'm not saying you can't do both at the same time. Um, you can, I'm just curious how you did it. So, so the women listening can, can pull. Yeah, absolutely. So it was not easy because I had a vision. I had a vision that I was going to have a bunch of rental properties, that part of my wealth was going to be in real estate. Part of my wealth was going to be in investments, you know, traditional investments, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and, uh, you know, have a nice safety net. Well, when stuff started to hit the fan, going through divorce, have a lot of debt, you know, we had a townhouse and we had a renter in it. And I, like, I wanted to continue to keep it. It did not make sense. I had to retool my vision and say, listen, right now, it does not make sense to keep this place. I need to sell it. Doesn't mean my dream of having a real estate portfolio is not going to happen. It's just not going to happen right now. Like what I need to do right now is I need to make myself so that I can at least have my head a little bit above water and I can breathe. Um, So I think it's your, your journey is never a straight road there are going to be detours and you have to be willing to navigate. And so when I say, hey, how do you build wealth and pay off debt? Well, part of it too is like, when I talked about that latte factor and like finding where the money is, I looked for the money in my life. I had everything down to a TN where I was spending because that was the only way. So I said, yep, I'm gonna pay down this debt, but I also need to have an emergency cushion. Like that was my first goal. And it was baby steps. It was, listen, like I just need to have $1,000 in the bank 
so that God forbid something happens with my son, I, you know, I have some money. And so that became like, again, if it was $10 a paycheck, $20 a paycheck, or my side hustle money was going into that. Great. I earmarked it. In the same time, I was saying, okay, I can't make any less of a payment than X on credit cards and student loans. So there's, there's that fine line of doing both, but it was also retooling my vision along the way because I was like, oh my gosh, another dream is crushed. Now I can't have rentals because I have to sell this townhouse. And it was not, you know, wallowing in my sorrow. Like here it goes again, another failure. Like now I have to start, I'm going to have to start over at some point. It was okay. This is the detour I have to take, but this makes the most sense and gets me into a better position for me and my goals and what I value. And financial security was a big thing on my values. I value that. And so I know I needed to make some of these decisions. Everybody has extra money. There is not a person again I've met that has, are doing all the things. People do the exercises, but not always. And they'll find that extra dollar. So you can be doing both. And I think it's, what do you value? For me, it was financial security. So I knew that emergency bucket had to be filled first. I needed to have something to fall back on just in case. Once that was built, then it was like, okay, now I can start investing in some other things. Like this is my next bucket I'm shooting for. And it's baby steps. It's not all or nothing. Again, just like a diet, one week you don't lose weight, but you did all the right activities. And it's like, you don't just quit, you keep going. So I think people are too eager to quit. You got to keep going. I love that. And I think the financial security, especially when, um, you know, you have a partner, you have to talk about what that number is and what that looks like. Cause that's a big reason that people disconnect. It's a big reason that one partner goes in this direction. And I mean, money is like, right. That the reason that so many discussions happen and so many disconnects. So and get your um, kids on the same page. Absolutely. I mean, they're never too young. I think you're perfect for talking to your four and seven year old. Um, I have an 11 year old and I'm big on you know, he's into hockey and travel hockey was a thing. And I said, listen, at the end of the day, that's like 10 grand a year all in by the time I travel, do all this stuff. Yeah. I go, you can, I go, if you want that, we can't do like our fun little trips and things that we do. He's like, well, I don't want to give that up. And I'm like, Mm. he's like, does that mean I can't play hockey at all? No, you can play on the house league for $500 (laughs) and versus 10. And he's like, oh, okay. So again, just talking to them about trade-offs, you can have this or you can have that. You make the choice. And my son has chosen experience over things all the time, but that was something I have taught him to do because I gave him choice. If you can start teaching your family that as well, make them part of the decision. Then you're not in and out alone. You don't want to be in and out alone. You need your partner. And if you have children, you need them in and out and they're not too young. I love that. I love that, that, you know, we're teaching them what really matters and more like self-awareness, right? What matters to him? And so he can use the same tool for other things that you might face in college or whatever he chooses mm-hmm. to be, that you're not going to be there, but the tool is in him. So I feel that. In terms and they of feel learning, empowered to make that decision. You know, yes. like a seven-year-old, it feels empowered to be like, actually, I want to go on vacations. Okay. Yes. And he made that decision. <laughs> What's funny, my six-year-old another day told me, listen, um, I had a long day at summer camp. <laughs> I need some time alone. I need privacy. Oh, that's funny. I was like, dude, 
you're lucky to go to a summer camp and do all the stuff that you did at the web <laughs> the pool. You, you did all this right. good stuff and you're coming back home like tired. But I could see that that and I was like, I think you're right. Do you want to just relax for for a little bit? And then we, he didn't even want to talk much, right? Because mm -hmm. I want to know how was your day? Yeah. Who did you talk to? Right? Did somebody get in trouble? Was that you? Or what did you do to other people? Or did somebody treat you badly or nicely? I want to know all the, the stories about it. But he did. He was tired. And I said, listen, I'm going to honor him because he's aware of how he's feeling and what he needs. He told me very clear, I need some privacy and space. And I was like, okay, sounds good. Let mm -hmm. me know when you're good. I'll be back here. And, and that's the, the, the beauty of it. My question to you, Nicole, is what are the stuff that you had to unlearn? Because sometimes we focus on a lot of stuff that we are learning, right? New strategies, new ways of thinking. What are the crucial things that you had to unlearn in order to build your wealth? I mean, the biggest thing is letting go of what you once envisioned. Like this thing is seared in your head from the time you're little, just on things that you, you know, realize or, or um, observe from your environment. And I think that was the, my biggest takeaway and probably stood that and comparisons is what I had to unlearn. And I'm not comparing. The only person I'm competing with is myself. And then today when we're bombarded with social media and you just flip through and you're like, everyone's life is freaking awesome. Oh, another new house. Oh, this is great. Oh, their kids made it to this. Oh, awesome. I'm failing at everything in my life. Um, I had to like shut that stuff down because I did notice it wasn't giving me the energy I needed to move forward so that I could hit my goals and I could stop comparing myself to others. You know, as I'm selling a townhouse, getting divorced, my friends were just getting married, just starting to have kids. I was like on the earlier side. So I'm like, I'm a failure. I'm terrible, like whatever. And when I started to turn that down and then I'm like, oh, great. They're buying a house. I'm moving in with my parents. That's awesome. Like I, it was just terrible. And I think I could have sat there in the moment and been a victim. I had to unlearn and like their journey is different than my journey. And you know what, for whatever reason, I was meant to go through all of this crap all at once from a health thing to divorce, having a baby to whatever debt. I experienced it all in a very short time in my twenties. And these people, it might take them a lifetime to experience some of these major life events. Um, and you know what? I'm blessed for experiencing it because I'm living my life that much better. So unlearning to compare, unlearning to get rid of my vision, my life is going to be better than whatever I envision. So you know what? It's not the white picket fence I once dreamed of. It's okay. It's actually even better. And it may not go, you know, I may not hit my destinations, my timeline when I want. It's okay. As long as I'm learning, taking from it, and I'm actually moving forward and on my, going in the direction uh, on my journey, I'm in a good spot. So I think that is what holds so many people back. No, I love that. And, and you know, I, I think this, this idea of victimhood is so uh, subtle because, you know, it's one thing to say, it's one thing, like a lot of the women part of our community that listen to this, they get that, you know, they're going to, you know, 
jump in and, and make things happen. And this is the kind of women we attract, right? Part of our community, they want more mm-hmm. in life. They don't want just the, whatever when, you know, with the, with the life script that they're given, they want something yes. different. We know that. And, and we, we, and I'm speaking to you all that are listening right now, because where this is very powerful is that it's very subtle. So, so a part of victimhood could be the market's so hot right now. There's no deals out there. Look, that's, that's like a subtle way of mm-hmm. saying you have no control. Can't um, find contractors no, right now. Yeah, there's that? no, I can't find no. a contractor. All contractors are bad. I mean, literally you, we can make a, a, that might be a fun thing to do on dresses, but literally like make a list of all the subtle things we say. Um, Start the list on the there's not enough time. I mean, it's all like these, these, um, because I'm always like, I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. I take control of my life. Yep. Go for it. And then, and then I say stuff. And, and I'm thinking about the stuff that I say very subtly, you know, and it's just subtle. It's not like this big thing, but it's subtle. It takes the power outside of myself onto something, another circumstance. And then it's like, how do I catch myself doing that? I think that's the mastery over victimhood. Because a lot of the women that yeah. are on listening, they get the basics of victim, being totally. a victim and what happens. It's you. reframing. And it's if reframing. You can- if you can learn to reframe, it'll get you over all of those things. Right. And I think that's the magic. You know, is there a magic bullet on like, how do you start investing and all of a sudden it grows to this? No. And the magic bullet is stop making even subtle excuses for yourself. Right. Like, oh, right. I got all, you know, oh gosh, the kids are back to school this week. I had to yeah. pay all the money for that. You know, it's just, yeah. those are subtle things. No. Mm-hmm. My goal is X, I'm doing X, reframing. Or, you know, the kids are back to school, but I was able to put away $20 or $100 or whatever it is because this is important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm making myself a priority um, and what I value priority or our family a priority, whatever it is. And that's why I think getting everyone on the same page is so very important. But reframe, reframe, that is something I had to actually not unlearn, but I had to learn. Um, I didn't know I was doing it sometimes, but I needed to do it way more. And I do it now. And it's something I teach my son. Um, Cause there's times where you just like, even when you have employees, like, I'm just like, oh my God, they all suck. Like, why can we just not get good people? <laughs> like we have two diamonds, A plus, but you know, the rest of them all stink. And like, or, you know, when something goes wrong and that's not it. And, but you're in that moment. And so then it gets you and you just know it gets you all down and you can't move to that next step. So reframing is huge. I absolutely recommend practicing that. I love that. I love that. And that's something very tangible that the women listening can take into their week. And that's so, so important to us. And you've, you've, We've thrown out so many great nuggets here and great things to to, to take on. And, and that's the goal of our, our whole movement and why we're doing this podcast um, twice a week now is just that, you know, what can you take? What can you do if you literally take nothing else, but you start to reframe your own subtle victimhood in your own world that, that you know, hey, that's an enormous thing to get out of this, this week. So um, awesome stuff. Appreciate uh, all your great nuggets so much, Nicole. Where can the ladies listening learn more about you? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on findyourbestlifenow.com. Also on Instagram, there's a ton of great tidbits and financial tips um, at liveyourbestlife underscore Nicole. And on YouTube, liveyourbestlife underscore Nicole as well. Awesome. And all this information you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one is, Nicole, what's the most powerful book have you ever read? 
Ooh, um, the most powerful book I've ever read is by Simon Sinek, Why? Um, the Power of Why. And so um, I use that in so many instances of my life. Uh, why am I doing something? Why my business is, you know, is my mission right for my business? The why is, um, I think that's probably one of, been one of the most powerful. Awesome. What's the most transformational routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Ooh, um, the most transformational, um, well, two things. One is I can't think of one. So one is super personal to me, but it's waking up early before my household, uh, and taking care of just like my own physical, mental well being, and having an hour before I start my day. And the second is really paying myself, um, from a financial standpoint. Um, so I pay myself, um, with, emotionally and spiritually with some time to myself and physically, um, and then financially with money, every paycheck. Love it. I love this. Like I like to pay myself emotionally and financially. That's nice. The <laughs> last question is which woman famous or not has inspired you the most? Oh gosh, there's so many. Um, so you know what the people I've learned the most from, I will tell you. And, um, I, I just recently launched a new business and I'm learning a lot, but, uh, the women on shark tank, those investors, I love them, their negotiating skills. And there's not one, but I just, over the last few years, just watching them. And now that I'm in this, um, launching another new business in this tech space, fintech space, uh, it's, amazing when you just find really amazing women um, that are super powerful, that have raised a ton of money, built huge companies. Um, and I think the ones that people can relate to the most, because if I said names, you guys wouldn't know it, but are like the Shark Tank investors. You watch those women. Um, there's hundreds more like that out there um, that when you meet them in real life, they're truly like that. And it's, uh, it's amazing. So there's not just one, but I think um, I've learned a lot from those and it's inspired me on other parts of my life. Very cool. Nicole, thank you so much for being on today and sharing your great wisdom and, and your, your own journey with, with us and, and all the women listening and really appreciate your time and uh, sharing yourself with us and our community. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Nicole. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.